Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I've been asking wrestling's finest in and out of the ring, behind the scenes and behind the microphone over the last 12 months. We've been taking a look at some highlights from visitors to Cultaholic Island throughout this year. My name is Tom Campbell and this is part three of the best of Desert Island Graps 2022. Mike Bennett may have the coolest WWE theme of all time. Don't even at me about it. We got the chance to talk about it and so much more. I think uh, this is post-Clash at the Castle. I sound like I've swallowed a big bag of gravel, so I won't today. You'll just have to imagine it, Mike. Um, but I, I do... hear it. You can... You can they, there, it's there. It's in the ether. It's in the ether. That's different time in, in your life and in Wait, your well, career. I can already feel my push coming to an end. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know it's a, it's a it's a sort of contentious time in, in your in your wrestling career and lots went on there. But that being said, Mike, true love is a banger. It oh. is. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's when they pulled. So I didn't even hear it till we got to Money in the Bank that day. And so it was funny how it came about because I remember when they were asking what kind of theme song we wanted. I remember Maria had said to me, Billy Corgan suggested to me that you guys should come out to a love ballad. And I remember being like, I don't get it. I don't see it. What are you talking about? And then when WWE came up with this love ballad, they were like, do you want to hear it? And I was like, yes, I think I do. And then they played it. And I was like, this is the greatest song ever. Like this isn't even a good wrestling song. This is just a banger of a song that I would play at a wedding or a like it was just awesome. It was so much fun. That's the best part of the whole run. So, so with, but you said that Billy Corgan had a similar idea for you. Is that during, during your TNA run? So, but that didn't really transpire. I don't believe. I'm trying to. Rem- I can remember your TNA music, and it wasn't the the the, the, the romantic ballad that we know from WWE. No, believe it. And so people, I like, I think I have a pretty good track record with theme songs. For some reason, I feel like from Supper Onto Me at, at, at uh, Ring of Honor, 
to the the mix up of the Kingdom song with the Adam Cole song and my Supper on the V song, which was just so rad. Like that was so much fun to come out to it, uh, New Japan. Um, and then at Impact, I actually had so they asked me what I wanted for a song at Impact, and there's a song called Beast by um, I'm gonna get the name of the group wrong, Nico Vega, I think they're called. And um, if you listen to that song, it's oh, the, the song Impact gave me is almost like a rip, a complete rip off of that song, but they couldn't get the rights to it. So they just tweaked some things a little bit. I love that Miracle theme song. And then WWE gave me just a, a killer song, too. So I was like, I've been on a roll with, with good theme songs. I should just quit now while I'm here. <laughs> Brilliant Mike Bennett. Honestly, follow him on Twitter. Like, the positivity is off the rails. Commander Stephanie Sterling graced Cultaholic with non-binary finery this year. A lot of excited Resterling fans when this one dropped. Ahead of Spectrum Pro Wrestling, the Commander's first outing as a promoter, we heard about the journey around the world for Stephanie Sterling that ended back here in Blighty. There was, yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of like, it, it's it's a theocracy over there. Like it really is. Um, you are default assumed um, uh, a Christian, not just Christian, but evangelical Christian. Um, right wing, you know, Republican, like it's, these are just assumed about you. Um, uh, certainly if you're white, um, I was fortunate enough to be in a straight passing relationship um, and not a person of color, which Mississippi loved to hate. Unfortunately, like bigotry really is, really is prevalent, you know, like people stereotype the South. Um, but the thing is, is it's, uh, the stereotype is real <laughs> it really is um it wasn't even the theocracy so much that got to me though as the the hopelessness um mississippi is a husk um there are nice people there there are people like me there and and many of whom are stuck there um and there's nothing there. There's nothing to do. There, there are no exciting job or career opportunities. There are, there's no booming industry. Um, it's full of closed down businesses. There's no, certainly no nightlife or, or anything like that, unless you just want to drink in an Applebee's in like a, a, a chain restaurant bar. Um, and, you know, as time went on, I was trying to fit this role in a relationship that I was uncomfortable with in many ways. Some ways I couldn't put my finger on and didn't understand until much later in life. Um, and that, that relationship got not good. Um, and, and I felt like I was trapped in, in that situation. Um, I, I used to always say, like, I am never being buried in Mississippi soil. But the more time went on, the less I believed that. I thought I'd end my days in this humid, desolate, futureless place. Uh, and this is to 
I, I, I don't want to insult the people of Mississippi. Again, many of whom I, I they're good people there. And this is why I'm against people who, who are like, ah, just screw it. It's Mississippi or it's Alabama. Like, just let the Republicans ruin those places. I'm like, no, because there are marginalized people there. There are good people there who you'd just abandon. Um, and, and I, but, but abandonment is the deep South to me. It's, there's nothing there. And that's what hurt the most was my feeling like, this is it. This is it for me. I will wake up and do my little online job and not bother going anywhere because there's no point and die. <laughs> not understanding why I didn't feel comfortable in my skin, why I felt physically like a monster and socially broken. Um, and then elements of my relationship as well just reinforced um, that belief that there was something wrong, like, like truly like wrong with me as a person, which later it would turn out to be bullshit. But sorry, I got really serious and dark here. You're all um, good. You're all good. But it yeah. happens sometimes on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad I got out. Um, when did you know you were getting out? Uh, that would have been late 2019. Um, by, by late 2018, I'd um, gotten out of that relationship um, and had spent some time now living on my own in Mississippi, not knowing what the hell to do. Um, around 2018 was when I had started doing some work in wrestling uh, in Mississippi and Alabama. Uh, I believe no one, no one from those states have ever said otherwise, but I do believe I'm the first openly queer title holder in Mississippi and Alabama in terms of wrestling. Um, I've certainly not heard of anyone else, uh, but I did have the pro wrestling ego tag titles for a bit in pro in Mississippi and the, um, like internet championship or something in pro south in Alabama. Um, and that was as a, a, an openly queer performer, you know, I didn't hide that aspect of myself um, either in performances or backstage. Um, so I had that going for me and then was contacted by Rise Wrestling in Pittsburgh um, after a couple of years of that and would then fly out to Pittsburgh to do some shows. Um, and then would eventually get in touch with Mike Quackenbush at Chikara, discuss the possibility of that and thought, well, screw it. Like one, I don't, I'd always thought I'd end up in Seattle because I always loved that city. Um, but my friend and um, podcast co-host of over 10 years, Conrad Zimmerman uh, lives in Philly and he really wanted me to live near him. And, and it was, so it was this nice little happy storm of um, I had a potential job opportunity opening up in wrestling in Philly. 
it was the same state as Pittsburgh where I was already getting some work and Conrad was there. So I was like, if, if I don't do this now, I'm not getting out. So I, I, I have, I struggle with executive dysfunction for a variety of, of issues and was terrified that because I settle into things and fail to execute that I would just give up and that I wouldn't pursue because it would feel too impossible, insurmountable or, or what have you. So once I got that possibility of, of working with Chikara, I was like, you know what, screw it. Even if it doesn't pan out, this is my shot. Get out. <laughs> so yeah. Commander Sterling will be competing for Sovereign Pro Wrestling next year. A promotion put on by by Shotty Horror, who has been a guest on a previous Desert Island Graps, which you can check out on Spotify. Now, as fate would happen, the Commander's Challenger for that show at Sovereign Pro also joined us on Cultaholic this year. Shreddy, a British wrestling stud, shared his love of wrestling, but also his adventures in the world of bodybuilding. From a young age... I was just conditioned to what wrestlers look like. I want to look like a wrestler. So I started training and lifting weights because I wanted to look like a wrestler. But when you start lifting weights, you don't have a clue what you're doing. So you go online, you read, right, how to put muscle on, how to get abs, how to get ripped, what do I need to eat, blah, blah, blah. By researching what I need to do with a diet, by researching how to lift, that's how I found out what bodybuilding was. And I was only looking for that, to look like a wrestler. So then when I found out about bodybuilding and how to train, you then get exposed to, oh, well, these are bodybuilders and these are what they look like. And then it's like, oh, well, that's a freaky look. So the more you get into it, the more time I was dedicated to the gym. I was like, oh, I'd like to give bodybuilding a go. I'd like to compete as a bodybuilder and see what it's like to get on stage, do a show. Can I be strict enough or dedicated enough to get on stage and you know do a bodybuilding show? So that's how I got into bodybuilding in a roundabout way because – start lifting weights like a wrestler to learn how to lift weights properly. You start researching it. I stumbled across bodybuilding and then I just kind of fell in love with, you know, lifting and that whole lifestyle. With obviously the the physique is, is something that wrestlers will have like a bodybuilding style physique. It plays into that. Obviously the, the natural charisma to be a bodybuilder also comes from that as well. But are there any aspects in which the wrestling and the bodybuilding lifestyle don't really mesh? Oh, yeah, so as beneficial as lifting weights and looking good is for wrestling, because um, you hear that stereotype for years, don't you? Like Vince likes the body guys and like big sweaty men. Yeah, big sweaty <laughs> men. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like from a casual, it's maybe it's hard for like you know the cultaholic audience to appreciate because they're so ingrained in wrestling and they don't care what wrestlers look like because they just want the pure wrestling talent. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But if you take a step back, and I think like the amount of friends who message me or people like in an office setting or a work colleague or whatever and they'll say oh, I saw this poster or they saw a clip of me or they'll see me sharing pictures and they're like you look like a wrestler mm. and that's not a knock on any of the other British talent on shows with it's just people because and I think because of Dewey and how mainstream it is they just have this preconceived image of what a wrestler like the stereotype look of a wrestler, like yeah. someone with a bit of muscle, bigger than a, like a normal guy. That's kind of the look that you've got. If you were to describe what a wrestler looks like, you'd probably think of like oh, Hulk Hogan mm. or something like that. That's just the stereotypical look. And that's because the casual fans, the casual, like a casual audience. So obviously lifting weights and looking in shape is beneficial for wrestling. But 
to compete as a bodybuilder. There's a difference between bodybuilding and competing as a bodybuilder. I would say competing as a bodybuilder is detrimental to wrestling because of how lean you get close to a show, how lethargic you are, how limited your food is. That 100%, I think, is detrimental to wrestling. And I think it's because you take it to the extreme. You can train and you can train like a bodybuilder or a powerlifter or whatever, and you can diet well to look good. But when you're getting ready for a bodybuilding show... I think at that point it becomes detrimental because you're spending so much time in the gym, so much time with your food. The mental focus is on this bodybuilding show. It just drains you mentally, physically. And at that point, I think it becomes detrimental to wrestling. Um, and one of the reasons, because when you get so lean and you're limiting your calorie intake, you're more susceptible to injury. Yeah. which obviously if you're lethargic, you're fatigued, that's no good for walking into a wrestling match or trying to perform on a wrestling show. So I think if you go to the extreme, which I obviously have done with bodybuilding shows, it is detrimental. So how do you balance it? Because I know you've done, I'm sure that you've done... Because I'm the jack stack, motherfucker! <laughs> I'm the fucking best, you jack Because <laughs> I'm sure that you've done... Like, I did remember when you won um, uh, the your NABBA trophy. Yeah. It was like... On the back of, like, you came to a North show not long after that had happened. Yeah, so... So you'd have gone through all the the the, the training for that, but yeah. then gone, oh, I'm wrestling, the f like, days later. Or so I'll top you with that. I competed in the NABBA Mr. Britain show this year. Yeah. In Bradford's. Won that show, so became NABBA Mr. Britain. Jumped in my car, drove an hour and 50 minutes, which I did in about an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> Um, from Bradford to Newcastle to wrestle. So that show was literally, I was coming from a bodybuilding show that I just hours after. Hour, like a couple of hours later, the show photos from that, I look like I'm a different ethnicity because of the bodybuilding. Like obviously yeah. there'd be a lot of people watching who don't follow bodybuilding. When you compete on a bodybuilding stage, you have to apply a lot of tan because of the lights above you just drown out your physique. Um, so you need to put the tan on to create the shadows and to, so you, your physique can come across on stage. So the tan is very, very dark. The tan doesn't actually set. You put it on and it doesn't, it's like an oil. It's a really mm. weird kind of texture and it's so, so dark. There's photos of me that day where I literally look at different ethnicity <laughs> because of how heavy this tan is. And it's the day of a bodybuilding show. So I'm so like striated, I'm so ripped. And then literally a week later, it's a completely different look because that look that you create on stage for a bodybuilding show isn't sustainable. Um, you you might spend two weeks messing about with your diet to just try and peak for that one day. And then two, three days later, you'll look like very different. Impact Wrestling's Tasha Steeles has been breaking all sorts of records and ceilings during her time at Impact Wrestling. And when she came to Cultaholic Island, we lamented on it and, of course, asked the big question of what was next? Because we've already uh, broken down so many barriers. What else would you like to do? Oh, you know what? I've asked myself that question every single time. And you're probably probably people be thinking like, oh, do you want to go for the X Division title? Do you want to go for the digital media title? Um, I don't mind getting in the ring with uh, the X Division guys um, because it, they're from all walks of life. They're not just the smaller guys. They're, they're bigger guys in the X Division. Like there's, there's no limit to what the X Division is. I don't mind being a part of that. Um, 
I would love to be the knockouts world champion one more time if 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 that allows it and me being the brightest star in the sky that I am, I know that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's just a couple more things I want to do. I definitely have been asking fingers crossing for a knockouts lockdown. Um, that should definitely come back. Um, I think that's just the last type of match, um, that I really want to compete in that I haven't competed. Oh, and also do a iron woman match, but not 30 minutes, 60 minutes. So, um, those two things I want to accomplish. If it doesn't happen in Impact, if it help, it happens elsewhere. As long as it happens for me, I will be happy. I can just retire, lay back, and go about other ventures. But um, yeah, those those things I definitely want to accomplish um, before before it's too late. You talk about an Iron Woman match. Let's talk about your other pick for uh, the Desert Island, which was the Iron Man match between Triple H and The Rock from Judgment Day 2000. So where would Tasha Steeles have been in, in her life when she watched this for the first time? She was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she, was just, she was just a little kid, high off of professional wrestling and loving it every single week. And... Um, just excited and whenever pay-per-views come on she would treat it like it's a, a party and have her little like little like ask my mom to like buy all types of snacks and drinks and stuff like that so like every like wwe pay-per-view i would definitely treat like a, a like a little party and such so um it's just me i was just so giddy and and i i just loved it and um loved the performances of it and of course um triple h is one of my idols so um i definitely anything that he did i was 100% supporting because I just loved how he was different from everybody else. So, um, yeah, I was just, it just, it got me in awe because before that, I didn't know about an Iron Man match. So that was the only Iron Man match I knew about. It wasn't until I got older and I started in wrestling that I was told about Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match. And that made me go back and watch that. And realize, okay, maybe that inspiration for Triple H and The Rock's Iron Man match came from that, which I'm sure it probably did. Um, but yeah, I, it was just me, young Tasha Steele, um, enjoying professional wrestling like like everybody else would, and made me just push myself more of, I want to do that, I want to go there, I want to be there, I want to do all of that stuff. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It was great to chat with Tasha Steele. She's just bags of fun, bags of energy. It's also been great to shine a light on other future stars in wrestling throughout 2022, like Leon Slater, who had a breakout year this year. And with his first US tour mere days after this interview that we had, I asked him genuinely how he was doing with it all. It's difficult sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It is difficult. Um, but... I, honestly, I have no complaints. Like I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like this is the, I'm living the life that I've been wanting to live since I was four years old. You know what I mean? So I have no complaints, and it doesn't, it doesn't often hit me like what I'm doing. Like it, it's not a week to week thing where it's like, oh my god, I'm rushing speedball this week. Oh my god, I'm rushing to catch the next week. You know what I mean? Like I kind of just switch off and go through the motions of it. Um, and that's that's another thing I'm trying to work on. I try to be present as much as possible. Uh, when I'm wrestling and just kind of enjoy the moment of it because you know who who knows how long it's going to last. Um, how are you how are you finding that sort of journey to becoming more present? Are you putting things in place mentally for yourself to allow? Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, when when I'm when we like going through the matches in the back and stuff. I try and I try and select a moment of the match where I'm gonna just take a breath and think this is cool. I'm wrestling Leo Rush. I'm wrestling Speedball and try and just take a moment to look out at the audience and realize what I'm doing and look at the logo on the, on the canvas um, and just appreciate what I'm doing. Uh, like, and like I said, it doesn't often hit me what I'm doing, but when it, when it does hit me, like it's, it's, it's cool, man. Like it's, it's very overwhelming. Um, and, that, and that's kind of what happened after the, after the speedball match, to be honest. Uh, it's not on the video on demand, but like there's, there's a Twitter clip out there somewhere after the match, I got a standing ovation and stuff. Uh, like all the people chanting my name and there's a, the, the clip I, I just collapsed to my knees I put my I put my head in my hands and I just start bawling my eyes out in the ring because that was the one of the one of the first moments where I'm like wow I've been watching these like Rev Pro highlights in York Hall for years for years and I'm finally here and I've got a standing ovation in York Hall um, so when, when it hits me it hits me heavy but it's not like it's not a bad thing you know what I mean like it's just it's just processing like what what is happening in my life right now and it, it's crazy but it's fun it's fun the governor anthony agogo made a trip to cultaholic island this year he was up for talking about anything and everything and even the elephant in the room that was his absence from aew bits to be said for the fact that you didn't get sort of wrapped up in the the the, the backstage hullabaloo and all the things that went on and you just drank in the product because you kind of come into it with a, a, a clear palate like you're 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 not uh you've not developed any weird habits or how you think it should be done you're just going i know what i like to watch i'm just going to do that hmm. if you see what i mean yeah yeah exactly like when i because i i had a choice both companies i could have went down there but i chose to go to aw because i love the sports-based 
the sports-based products. That's what I like. Coming from boxing, I, I wanted to do this. I got uh, not told off, but I did a tweet recently. Um, I haven't been preaching much on AW uh, for a while whilst we kind of figure things out. Not on TV. I've been doing, obviously, elevation, gaining experience, getting better, honing my craft. And I trust the boss implicitly. Like Tony Khan, he's an absolute genius. Like QT, he's a genius. And them two together, then you've got Sanjay Dart, who's unbelievable. You've got Pat Buck, who's great. You've got Tony Schiavone, who's really, really good. You've got a box, you've got Kenny. In AW management, like you've got just geniuses all around the place. It's great how they all work together so well as well. They're led by Tony Khan, he's a genuine, like phenomenal human being. So I, and QT is my coach. So QT and Tony Khan, I really trust where I'm at. I trust that they're going to bring me through at the right time and I'll get the chance when when, uh, when it's the right time for me and my development and my career. But I do get frustrated because I am away from my family a lot. I am in a country that I don't particularly like being in, working hard through this dream and I want to, I want to get the chances. And I got frustrated recently because the pizza guy, that pizza guy was on TV and I got a little tweet Again, half joking, half being serious, like this pizza guy who's not, he's not sure Michael's in the ring, put it that way. He's had more time on AWTV this year than I had. And it pissed me off because it's going to be a sports-based product. I get it, right? I get it. I understand what they're doing. I get it. But I just want to wrestle. I just want to get good and have the time. And he got kicked in the face in like three seconds. And I don't want to ask for Of course I don't want to ask for <laughs> But I just want, to, just want to be on TV and just want to just show people how hard I'm working and how good I can be. Because you only you can do all the training in the world. And I'm in the gym every single day, lifting weights, training hard, doing my cardio. I'm at the school as much as I can get, learning, doing bumps. So this week in training, I was at a play fight in London, Tom Dawkins, Carl Noir School. And I was doing like top rope aerial moonsault stuff, which I'm probably never going to do. But I just want to learn that stuff because if I can learn that stuff, if I know how to do it and like the physics behind doing it, I can know how to take it and stuff. So it's like I just want to get better, basically. And you can get as good as you you can get. You can get you hit a certain ceiling without you get a certain ceiling just training. Then you got to wrestle to kind of like get the rest of it. Makes sense. You only learn certain things by actually doing it in front of a paying audience, getting booed or cheered in front of a TV cameras. It's a whole different ball game. I just want, I've done all the training in the world. I want that now. Well, that's what I want. And uh, I'll, I'll be patient, which I am being, but I've also got to work hard in the interim. And that's what I am doing. So hopefully I'll get my shot soon enough. You might not be able to answer it because you might know the answer. You might not know the answer yourself, but like you, you, you were very prominent on television for a while. And then you, as you said, you've just disappeared. And I get the, I can sense the, the frustration that you're you're itching to do more because you love what you do and you want to do more. Have they given you any reason why you're being held up? Is it just a case that there's there's uh, there's there's a lot of players in there's a lot of cards in the pack at the moment, or is there something else? That's, that's... I think there's a lot of cards in the pack, a lot of big cards as well. Um, I had to come away last year after I had a feud with Cody. Um, I had to leave because I had some visa stuff going on. I had some uh, long, long, long story short. Uh, my passport got nicked and. Um, in typical American fashion, it's really, really difficult and hard to get DRV. My passport got nicked, therefore my visa got my visa was obviously in my passport. I had to report that stolen. I had to get a new visa. Only way to get a new visa I had to leave America. Once you leave America, you can't come back into America without the visa. So I couldn't get an appointment. I honestly, mate, I talked about grey hairs earlier. I gave myself so many grey hairs. Obviously, this is last year during the height of COVID. Every embassy in the world was shut. There's a year backlog in every embassy. 
That's a very, very real very... problem over here as well. If anybody listening in the in the US, that's a very real issue that we've had in the UK, where uh, the passport offices have, have been backed up for months and months and months yeah. and months and months. So this is a a, re, a genuine real problem that uh, you're you're stuck with, like the 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 Johnson family who want to go to Disney World and like people who yeah, want to book who need to change their passports that have expired during COVID. So you're, you're those bloody Johnsons, that. the Johnson my, family again. My... You go to Disney every year. Have a have a year <laughs> off. Let a Go, go, get back on dynamite. Take my sake. bastard fucking passport <laughs> appointment. Uh, but yeah, man, it's like, it was, but listen, it's, so it's things out of, like, nobody could foresee this. Nobody could foresee my, my passport actually expired and I sent it back to the UK to get renewed um, because of the 10-year passport. And then it got pinched in transit. Somebody nicked it. I sent it back and I never made it there. So, um, so yeah, so I, and these, these are real life problems that nobody could control because no one knows a passport's going to get nicked. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then I had to leave. I had to leave America so I couldn't stay there without, without a visa. I had to leave. And then um, I had to wait. I luck, thankfully, my so this is like May 2021. The appointment, the earliest point I could get in London was February 2022. So I could have been away for nine months. Thankfully, I was able after a lot of hard work, and I spent a lot of money myself to kind of like you know, different visa, like immigration people. I got an appointment in Brussels in September last year, so I was away for five months rather than nine months. But I think what the idea was, because scheduled to be away for nine months, they'd kind of written me off TV for nine months because I wasn't supposed to be there for nine months. Which is again, nobody knew that it was going to be nine months until I got back to England because you can't apply for an you can't apply for an appointment until you're back in the country. It's a whole thing, a whole. Mm really rubbish like red tape thing and then i was i guess they would written me out for my months and when i came back everything had changed we'd signed brian danielson the best wrestler probably who's ever lived we'd signed punk and this person that person and then the whole landscape changed then cody left so like me coming back and something with him that was that was gone because he's now he's not there anymore so everything just changed and i think with me i think i'm such a unique talent that it's hard to know what to do with me, I think, because it's just it's just difficult. I'm, uh, yeah, and, and I, again, I, it's, it's not me. I don't know. So all I've done is work as hard as possible to get as good as possible. So when I when the, I do when I do get subbed on, I score a hat trick. Then I then I I'm, I'm, I start the next week and the next week. You got to take your chance in life, and sometimes you know sometimes you want it. So, and listen, I said, I said at the beginning, saying that like I'm the best 30 match novice ever, um, and I believe that in terms of what I can do uh, and, and stuff. But like sometimes things don't happen for a reason, and maybe you don't know the reason, you can't see the reason. But that's why people like Tony Khan, who's a genius at wrestling, Cutie Marshall, who is a genius at wrestling. That's why those people are management because they know things that you don't know, and they can see things and predict things that you can't see and predict. So as I keep saying, I'm working hard. Uh, when I do get the chance, I will score a hat trick, and, and I won't. I won't give up, and I, I believe that. If only there was, I don't know, uh, an AEW UK event next year where you could walk onto. I don't know, hypothetically, Craven Cottage and score a hat trick. I'm just hi- hypothetically, Mate. hypothetically. Mate. <laughs> Mate. Oh. I've got, got a fucking stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anthony Agogo Stiffy seems like a poignant place to end our retrospective. This is just a few clips from a few episodes of Desert Island Graps that we had in 2022. A massive thank you to every single guest who took time out to pop by, chat about their favorite matches, and a whole lot more as well. Now, if you have Spotify, you can search Desert Island Graps. You will find a playlist of every single episode ever. It is over 170 hours worth of wrestling stories, laughs, tears, and revelations. But we are far from done. Desert Island Graps will return in 2023. And we have some incredible names on the docket paying a visit to Cultaholic Island. I hope you will join us for more adventures on the beach as well. Have a happy new year and thank you for your constant support of what we do here at Cultaholic. We simply would not be here without you. Stay safe and love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 